Today we're kicking off a new series called Cars, Life in the Fast Lane. Open up your Bibles this morning to the book of Ephesians, chapter number two and verse number 10. Now we know that in the life that we live today, it is fast, it is furious, it is a fast-paced life, and everything we do about life today, there is nothing slow about it. So if we're gonna be a believer and going into the year 2014, we better learn to live life in the fast lane in a way that glorifies God, in a way that exemplifies the creator, in a way that spreads spreads the gospel of Jesus Christ so we don't get left behind. In fact, if we don't learn to live life in the fast lane as a believer, we're gonna miss our opportunities to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ because we're lagging so far behind. The only way that you can live life in the fast lane and be successful is doing it with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was far ahead of his time in what he knew and what he did and the things that he studied. If he is the beginning and the end, he came to a spot in time, so he was far ahead of his time. He did come at just the exact right time, but you got to know he knew what everything held in the future. And so I want to encourage you this morning that you need to embrace where you're at in life today. Some of you are thinking, I just don't like the way the economy's going. I don't like the way the government's going. I don't like the way schools are going. Listen, I'm not telling you to embrace all those things. I'm telling you to embrace Christ on the inside of you so he can give you the ability to deal with all these things of life in the fast lane. Ephesians chapter number two and verse number 10 We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I want to stop right there. Everybody say, I am his workmanship. That means God didn't just throw you out there. He crafted you. He made you. He has a specific plan for you. I want to draw your attention to some major things that are on the stage, such as this 1,500 horsepower engine. It is extremely heavy. As we begin life in the fast lane, if we're going to survive the pace of today's world, if we're going to survive the accidents, if we're going to end up living a life of victory, we're going to have to realize who we are, and we're going to have to figure out our make and model in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what I want you to do this morning is the first thing we're going to have to establish this morning is the nuts and bolts of this message and the whole crux of the whole series today. And so as we begin to establish this morning, how many of y'all have ever read the book of Genesis chapter number one? Not the whole book of Genesis, just chapter number one. I know many of you have because you start out every January on a quest to read through the whole Bible. And you get through Genesis 1 and, hey, you've read the first chapter and that's about where it stops. Amen. So I know we've all read Genesis 1, but there's something in Genesis 1 makes me extremely curious about how God began to develop things. I'm going to read to you some verses of Scripture in Genesis chapter 1. And it says in Genesis 1, 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And so God spoke and something happened. The next verse, it says, Genesis 1, 6, it says, And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. And there was an expanse in the midst of the waters. And then he goes on in Genesis 1, 9, and it says, And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. Genesis 1, 11, And God said, let the earth sprout with vegetation. And it was so. And God said, let the, there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate day from night. And it was so. And Genesis 1, 20, And God said, let the waters swarm with living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens and it was so and God said let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds and it was so but then he gets to Genesis 1 6 and after all that God spoke and it just happened God spoke and it happened God spoke and it happened God spoke and something appeared and it happened he gets to man in Genesis chapter number one in verse number 26 and he said let us make man in our image 
Now I want you to stop and think for a minute. God spoke and the sun appeared. God spoke and the universe appeared. God spoke and trees appeared. God spoke and birds appeared. God spoke and fish appeared. God spoke and these things appeared. When it came to making you, he didn't say, I'm speaking and it's appearing. He said, I'm gonna make something. I'm gonna begin to craft something. God has a specific and mighty plan for you. The problem is you just think you came into being instead of God crafting you. God didn't just throw you into being. He crafted you. He made you special. The Bible says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says God has great mighty plans for you the bible says you'll be mighty on the earth the bible says the generations will call you blessed god has a specific plan and purpose for you but if we don't understand god crafted us and made us for a particular time and day we're never going to experience and be who god called us to be and we will not be able to live life in the fast lane and accomplish what he's called us to accomplish. I figured to kick off a series, we'd have a little bit of fun this morning. I've asked Jason to help me out with a couple songs here. Now, if you were to think of the make and model of vehicle of that you are, maybe this would be your style. Come on now. How many of y'all know this song? Y'all are looking at me, should I say yes in church? Does he know I listen to Lowrider? If you watched anything with George Lopez, you understand what lowrider is. And so this may be your style. You may be a lowrider. You may be the person who just chills and goes through life and you know who you are. But maybe on the other hand, you may be a different type of person altogether. Maybe you're not the lowrider. Maybe you don't have the rims that and the fat tires and the slammed down um, body on there. Maybe this is you. Y'all heard of Mustang Sally. Mustang See, now we got the 60s generation like, oh yeah, Mustang Sally. Come on. See, the problem is you can identify with these songs. You can identify with the makes and models of these cars. Whenever these songs pop on the screen or pop into your head, immediately your mind goes somewhere and you relate to who these songs are to you. You relate to their make and their model. You relate to the Mustang car or you relate to the Lowrider. Every time I think of the song Lowrider, I don't think of somebody else's vehicle. I think of the vehicle that I had in high school. Jeff always called it the purple people eater. And it was a Isuzu truck that was slammed down, had some nice wide rims on it, had the low profile tires. I mean, it looked good, but if you didn't like that style vehicle, you, did, you weren't going to drive it. And listen, I don't care what anybody says, on those vehicles, they don't ride worth a flip. When you are that low to the ground, and when you got big railroad tracks by your house that are known for being jumped, and you got to slow down to 20 miles an hour to go over railroad tracks, listen, it's not that fun. But when you begin to relate to the makes and models of these songs that we're talking about. Think of it on a whole different spiritual level. I wanna ask you a question this morning. What is your make and what is your model? What is your make and what is your model? Who are you in Christ and who has God made you to be? See, the problem with many of us is some of you are a spiritual big rig. You're created to be a heavy hauler. You're created to do great and mighty things in the spiritual realm through God Almighty, but yet you're trying to be a Lamborghini. See, there are people in the body of Christ who are created to be what I call heavy haulers. And my wife works in the trucking industry, and she's worked there for, for several years, and she moves these big, ginormous loads of freight. And I see some of these pictures, and I'm like, wow, if I could be anything in the body of Christ, I want to be a heavy hauler. I want to be something that can pull the weight, the spiritual weight that God's called me to pull. The problem is if I don't embrace being a heavy hauler and I want to be a Lamborghini, I'm never going to move the amount of freight that God's called me to move in the spiritual realm. The, on the other hand, some of you are called to be the Lamborghini. Some of you are called to be the flash and dash type cars. Some of y'all are called to be a Prius. 
See, some of y'all are called to be fuel efficient. That means be very efficient in your Christian walk. Some of y'all are called to be something completely different altogether. I don't know what every one of your makes and models are, but until you begin to find your make and model as a believer, begin to tap into who God has called you to be, you're never going to accomplish all that God's called you to accomplish. The biggest issue we face in the body of Christ today is we think we're a make and a model that we're not, and because I'm a Lamborghini, there is no reason for me to come over here and hook up to a freight trailer and try to haul it. There was this Cadillac going down the interstate. Very nice Cadillac, new model Cadillac. And it was pulling a cattle trailer. No, this was a Cadillac car, not the Cadillac truck. It was a Cadillac car, four-door, like an MKZ or something like that. And it was pulling a cattle trailer. And I looked at it and I said, something's not right about that picture. Because Cadillac cars were not designed to haul cattle trailers. On the other hand, some of you have these great, big, awesome country trucks Dual wheels, four-wheel drive that we don't really need, but we still like anyway, and you're not hauling anything. And so therefore, we got Cadillacs hauling trailers that don't need to be hauled when country trucks are sitting on the side of the road not doing their part, and we have this mishmash in the body of Christ because we don't understand our make and model. We don't understand everything that God has called us to be. So if you're going to embrace and be everything that God's called you to be, if you're going to live in the year 2013, you can't be complacent and just say, oh God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll be whoever you want me to be. You can't just be generic and uh, throw it out there. Oh God, just show me your will. You need to begin to seek the divine will of the creator. Some of you have been said, taught to pray, oh, just pray for God's perfect will. Yes, do pray for God's perfect will. I do agree with that. But you don't just need to pray for God's perfect will. You need to seek out God's perfect will. God will begin to show you his perfect will when you begin to find out who you are. Because if you still think you're a Lamborghini and God's called you to be a heavy hauler, you'll never accomplish his perfect will because you're still trying to figure out how to be a sports car when you were never created to be. Some of you were created to be a race car and you're supposed to be racing for the kingdom of God, but yet you're not because some of you are broken down, you're beat up because you had a blowout once in your life, you've quit and now you're sidelined and we don't understand why God is not using us. The first thing I want you to know is that God crafted you and he designed you. God crafted you and he designed you. God made you a prototype, not a mass production. God didn't create you to be mass produced. God created you as an individual. God created you special, unique. Even the most two identical twins in the earth are completely different. Different DNA, different fingerprints, different retinal scans. Everything is still completely different even though they look so much alike. See, you may have a similar calling as somebody in the same part of the body as Christ, but it doesn't mean that you are them and they are not you. God's got something specifically planned for you. Now let me tell you what a prototype is. Prototype is an original type, it's a form, it's an instance of something serving as an example or basis or it is a standard for other things to be developed by. Now in your life, what standard are you holding up that other people can be developed by? If you're gonna be a prototype, something unique, something different, if you've ever been to a car show, my favorite cars to look at are not the ones that are newest on the lots. It's the prototypes that they're still developing and they make these crazy cars out there that will never be street legal, but they're a concept car. It's something unique, something built for the future. See, they're building for the future so they can do greater things for today. If you'll start building in your life plans for the future, you'll be able to do greater things today. If you'll start focusing on what God's called you to do and who, he, who your make and model is today, God will develop you for the future. And so I wanna read this verse of scripture to you. It's Jeremiah chapter number one. In verse number five, it says, before I formed you in the womb of your mother, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you and I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. 
Now, a lot of people read that verse and say, ooh, that's a verse for me. No, that verse was for Jeremiah. But God has a similar verse for you because the same principle of Jeremiah applies to you. God knew you before he formed you in the womb of your mother. He knew you and he consecrated you and set you apart before time even began. And he created you for a specific purpose, maybe to be a prophet to the nations, but not the prophet Jeremiah, maybe the prophet Johnny, or the prophet Billy, or the prophet whoever. The thing is, we've gotta quit looking and trying to be him when God's called me to be me. See, we've taught our young people to read the Bible and read it according to putting our life back in their position instead of taking what God said to their position back then and putting it in our life today. See, I love what Rage and Version 5.6 are doing. They're teaching kids that the Bible needs to be applicable to your life today. Don't quit, try, quit trying to live back in the Bible times. The Bible is living and active today, just as it was back then, but we need to start applying it today. Now, here's the biggest issue we run into in the body of Christ. In a series called Cars, we watch all these movies with crazy fast cars, and I love car movies. I love the racing. I love the illegal street racing. I'm just gonna tell you. I love it when they fire up them tanks, and then they start hitting the gas, and fire shoots out the exhaust. I love those movies. The problem is, we have cars competing against cars in the movies, and we've developed the same philosophy in the kingdom. We got Christians competing against Christians. We're trying to see who's the better person. We're trying to see who's the faster car. We're trying to see who's the better preacher. We're trying to see who's the better worship leader. We're trying to see who's the better youth directors. We're trying to see who's the better in all these things. And now I do understand God puts favor on people, but it's time that we com quit competing against each other and it's time we get on the same page and start working for the same direction because we're working for the same kingdom because we're owned by the same God and he's the creator of us all, amen. So I don't ever want you to come into this church and compare yourself to me. I do not want Heath Gamble to sit over here and say, because I didn't live like Joel T. Meyer lived this week, I'm not good enough to come to church. His life and in comparison is never me versus him. It's always me living up to the calling of Christ in my life. God is not gonna hold me accountable for, because I do not accomplish what Robert Morris has accomplished. Robert Morris is doing his calling, and I love him. Joel T. Meyer's doing his calling. See, God doesn't compare me versus him. God compares me to my calling, and did I accomplish what I was called to do? So in this series on cars, if you, when you figure out your make and model, and you figure out that you are a primetime 67 Charger souped up street racing machine, so when you figure out your make and model and who you are, don't ever start racing against somebody else in the church. Don't ever start racing our ministry versus First Baptist ministry versus First Methodist ministry versus uh, Central Baptist ministry. Do not start comparing ministries because we're not racing each other. Don't start comparing your life versus my life. We're not racing against each other. We're running with each other. We're driving for each other. We're going fast as a body of believers to accomplish great and mighty things in the kingdom today. We cannot any longer in the body of Christ, as we study a series called Cars, think that I'm racing against Jared or I'm racing against Big Rob. Because if you're called to be a heavy hauler, you're not called to be a street racer. And God needs just as many heavy haulers on the streets as he does street racers out there. He needs just as many people pulling the weight spiritually as he does preaching on a stage. In fact, if God had his way, I would believe he would have a lot less people on stage and a lot more people behind the scenes pulling the weight. Everybody's heard of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, am I correct? Very famous choir, I've done concerts all over the world. In fact, uh, the Jim Cimbala has made his church famous because of his choir. And what they did with this choir is it didn't matter how many choir members were on the choir team, when they would go to a concert, they would reserve a specific number of seats on the plane and in the cars that they would drive in for the heavy haulers behind the scene or their prayer warriors. And he would leave choir members home to bring the heavy haulers along. 
Can I tell you, that's right. Because he understood being a heavy hauler is just as important as the one who can sing in front of a congregation. And without the heavy haulers, we're not going to get everything we need to to be able to bring the gospel forth. In fact, even every service before his church service, there is a group of people downstairs praying while he's upstairs preaching. And we have people all the time that say, Pastor, I would love to be a part of this ministry, but I don't want to miss hearing you preach. I'm ready for some heavy haulers to rise up and say, I can hear them on the web, I can watch them on the cameras, I can do all this stuff, but I'm going to be a heavy holler and if I got to miss a message to pull the weight spiritually so people can born, get born again I'm gonna start pulling some weight we cannot compare ourselves to one another we cannot keep competing against each other in the same churches in the same regions when God has called us the TWBC ministry to be something very specific to reach a specific demographic of people in a specific region and so that's what we're going for. We're not competing against other churches and other things and other places. And so God has designed you. Everybody say, God made me. God made you with a blueprint. God made you with a blueprint. Now, blueprints in today's modern world, they're not on paper anymore. <laughs> not when you go to developing cars. They're on computers, and you can hit buttons, and they start twisting and turning, and you can add parts in and take it away, and, and it looks really awesome. So God's got your blueprint but you got to understand God's got a specific blueprint for you that if you don't begin to follow your blueprint for you, you're not going to become who he's called you to be. And you're going to end up finding yourself being, for lack of a better term, a fish out of water, or you're going to find yourself being a motorcycle in a race car world, or you're going to find yourself in an antique car show never accomplishing anything because you wanted to be somebody else's blueprint. So many times in the body of Christ, when we know that God made us and we always say, we tell our young people, God loves you just the way you are. Yes, he does. But maybe you're trying to be something God didn't design you to be. Many people are unhappy in their Christian walk because you're trying to be something God did not design you to be. I want to use this illustration just for a minute. In Joshua chapter number one, verse, Joshua chapter one, number one, in the first nine verses, God lays out a specific blueprint for Joshua's life. God lays out such a specific blueprint that there are 20 points to this blueprint in nine verses. These 20 points in this blueprint define who Joshua is. Joshua had every opportunity to let the world and the nation of Israel define who he was. He said God came to him and God began to define him. This is what I love about the, the rage ministry and everything that's going on. They are huge on not letting the world give them definitions. They're big on letting God define who they are. They're big on letting God begin to establish who they are in this life. And so Joshua chapter number one and verse number nine, it starts out, get ready to cross the Jordan. A lot of people, how's that part of the blueprint? Well, if God's telling you to get ready and you're a vehicle to cross a river, are you gonna put racing slicks on or are you gonna put big mud and tires on? See, God's gonna develop you for what you're about to cross into. And some of you are wondering, God, I don't understand these things that are going on in my life right now. I'm not telling you to question God, but I am telling you, you can ask God a question. And if you begin to ask God a question, say, God, what is going on in my life right now spiritually, and what am I being prepared for in this life? God will begin to tell you what rivers you're about to cross. The problem is, we're not ready to cross rivers because we still got racing slicks on instead of changing tires out. See, God may be asking you this morning, you need to start changing some tires in your life. You need to start getting ready and getting prepared for what I've called you to do. Me and my wife will sit back and laugh many times about scenarios that we go through in the church because uh, four years ago, things that would have crushed us in the ministry, we can laugh about now because God has developed us. God has changed us. God has established us. We've had to change out several sets of tires to cross several rivers to get God to where he called us to be. We were doing some research and looking back through some of the history of the church, and the first three years rent, get this, the first three years rent 
for the church would not cover one month of expenses right now. Did you catch that? You wanna talk about changing some tires? <laughs> the first three years rent that we paid would not cover one month of expenses right now at the church. We're changing tires. We're crossing rivers. The problem is I'm gonna cross rivers because God's saying we got blueprints that are being developed for TWBC in the church. We need a church that's ready to start changing tires to start crossing some rivers to affect the whole region that he's called us to affect, amen. God wants us to rise up and accomplish, amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. Let's get excited about what he's doing. Notice the next part of his blueprint. He said, every place you set your foot, I'm giving you. Who come on now. That ought to just, man, that just got me kind of excited. It's good to know that when we cross over the river, it's our place. See, God's saying change some tires because the river you're crossing, I've already got it established for you. I've already got it taken care of for you. Every place that you set your foot is yours. Now listen, the crazy thing is we can read this and say, man, that is so great for Joshua. That is awesome. God's got a blueprint for you that you need to get just as excited about. There may be a river God's calling you to cross. You're not about to go cross the physical Jordan River over there in Israel, okay? Unless you got a jet that I don't know about that you're gonna give me a ride on right after church and we'll go together, amen. I mean, I'll intercede. I'll be your heavy hauler as we fly to Israel this afternoon, amen, and we'll cross a river. I'll be there for you. But God's got some rivers ready for you to be crossed. He wants you to start changing tires because when you get on the other side, the racing slicks that were good for here aren't gonna hold a candle to the mud and tires you're gonna need on the other side, amen. Have you ever begun to develop property where you're gonna build a house? You don't just get little old tires. I mean, you get bulldozers with some traction to come in there and start moving some stuff. And so in this, he's given you every place that you set your foot. Now, there's 20 of these points, and I don't have time to go down every one of them, but I'm, or expound on every one of them, but I'm gonna continue to read from it. He's gonna give you um, all the territory and where it extends from. No one will able to be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Some of you guys are thinking right now, Pastor, if you only knew what I'm going through. Well, let me tell you this. If you know your make, and if you know your model, and if you're stepping into what God's called you to do, ain't nobody gonna be able to stand up against you all the days of your life because you are on God's plan for your life, and he says, trust me and acknowledge me in all your ways, and I will direct your path, amen. See, God's gonna get you to where he's called to be. He's waiting on you to figure out your make, your model, start changing some tires, start developing you to get you to the path where you're trying to be on. As a church, if we're gonna survive a life in the fast lane, we need to understand who we are. We need to understand, I need to know who I am as a pastor in today's world. This is gonna be off a little bit from the notes. But do you realize if I'm not extremely confident and knowledgeable about who I am in Christ and doing what I'm called to do and have a direct plan and a strategic vision to accomplish it, everything can fall apart. Now does this take faith? Of course it takes great faith. The problem is I'm not trying to be somebody who I'm not or the issue is, many people are trying to be somebody that they're not, but if you quit trying to be somebody you're not, you can accomplish everything God's called you to accomplish. So many Christians are trying to achieve something that God's never called you to achieve because you're trying to be a make and a model that you're not. I want you to seek the will of God. Find out the make and model that you are and figure out where he's called you to go and who he's called you to be in this life. He goes on to say, be strong and courageous. In fact, he says that three times. Be strong and courageous in the first nine verses. You know, Joshua must have had some issues to change in his life. Many of you, you need to change the oil on the inside of you. And let me explain this. Oil in the Bible is referenced as the Holy Spirit. God said, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but I gave you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. 
You may need to change tires, but you also may need to change the oil. The oil you've been operating on has been fear. Everything you've done has been based out of fear. Everything you've done has been based out of proving somebody wrong. Everything you've done has been to establish yourself and your kingdom and what you think you're supposed to be doing. It's time that we start changing some oil on the inside of us. Get rid of the oil of fear and insecurity and doubt and unbelief. Put the oil of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and let's get ready to go where God's called us to go, amen? And watch God accomplish great and mighty things. And so as we go on down, we can keep reading this. And it says, meditate on these things I've told you day and night. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws I gave you. Do not turn from the right or to the left. You'll be successful wherever you go. Do everything that you've seen written down. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Then he says again, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, God made you, God crafted you, God made you and made you with a specific blueprint because he's got a specific make and model for you. I'm gonna close with this part of the message. If God crafted you and God made you, he's also gonna be the one that builds you. If God crafted you, if God's making you with your blueprint, he's also gonna be the one to build you. He's already started building you by what he's already said about you. He's already started building you by what he's spoken over your life. On the website that we have, I need you to go home when you're, or even if you have your phones, you can even pull it up now. You can go to twbcss.com. The first screen you see will be the Shine Brighter, Shine Farther farther Vision banner. It's gonna scroll. Then you're gonna see the new series. It's gonna say Cars, Life in the Fast Lane. And then it's gonna switch to another one. It's gonna have a set of keys on there. The set of keys on there is gonna have a list of about 50 scriptures that says who you are in Christ. God is gonna start building you with those 50 scriptures. Before you can get the specifics to start going into an engine that you're building, you first gotta get the basics down. Do you understand that? See, before we can become the great and mighty man or woman of God that God's called us to be, we better get some basics put back into our life. The Bible has specific things that God said about you. See, Jesus had no identity crisis in his ministry. He never had an identity crisis. Jesus declared, in fact, many times to people's dismay exactly who he was. Do you remember when he walked out and said, I am the Messiah? What'd they wanna do? Stone him. See, some of y'all are thinking when you start declaring by faith who God's called you to be, you're gonna get rallying support from all your friends. <laughs> you're gonna get stones. Never forget when I told some friends and family that, that I was stepping out, I was gonna start a church, and I expected this great outpouring of love. We're so proud of you. The first word I got was, you're seriously doing what? Did you talk to your parents about this? I was like, I'm 20 something, I don't need to talk to my parents about this. I knew everything then. (laughs) I even got told this, you are stupid. I'm telling you this for a reason. Don't look to everybody else's approval. God has a specific make and model for who you are. And if God says who you are and you don't begin to embrace it, you're never gonna accomplish everything he's called for you to accomplish. Now, I need you to understand this concept because God's gonna first start building your make and your model on what he's already said in scripture about you. And you don't need to look back and try and place yourself back in scripture. You need to bring scripture and place it into your current everyday life. See, a lot of people read scriptures and we try to put ourselves back in Jesus' time, and I already touched on this. We need to put Jesus in our lifetime right now. If the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, it is applicable now just like it was applicable then. The problem is we've been using it in reverse. We've tried to put ourselves back instead of bringing it forward and putting it in our life currently today. See, Jesus said this about you. He said, you are the salt of the earth. He said, you are the light of the world. That's who you are. He said, you are a victor and you overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. See, that's all great and good until we gotta stand on that scripture and overcome by our own testimony. Because there's a lot of times I'm still declaring victory when I feel like a big failure. But I'm not gonna let the fear of failure 
and the possibility of failure overtake what God has already spoken about my make and my model, and I'm going to trust in him, the designer, over me, the product. Do you get that? See, a lot of people, you are what God is crafting, yet you're still trying to tell the crafter how to craft you. Amen? That's like your kid telling you, um, Mom, you need to raise me like this. Dad, you need to raise me like this. I get a lot of that these days. So if God is crafting you and he's making you and he said specific things about you, he said that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, but yet some of you still struggle with insecurity. He said you are fearfully and wonderfully made, developed, crafted, not mass produced, specific and special. Some of you are thinking right now, that's not me. You've gotta start getting the basics down. You gotta start getting the model down. Jesus' model for you is declaring who you are, what the Bible has already said about you. He's already said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, we began to declare in this church years ago, we are the light of the world. We're a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. We get together with other pastors. We declare we are the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14. We are a city, Sulphur Springs, set on a hill that cannot be hidden. God rises us to prominence. We have amazing things taking place. He goes on to say this, you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Now, if he said you're more than a conqueror, that doesn't mean you just win. That means you win in style. See, some of y'all just doing really good at barely getting by. I don't want you to be satisfied with doing really good at barely getting by any longer. I want you to realize that the Bible says you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That means when you stick with Christ, you're not just going to overcome. You're going to overcome in a way that affects people for the kingdom of God. That way they want to come to know the God that you serve so that they can be led to the kingdom of God. So you don't just get victory in your situation. God gets victory all the way around. But you got to realize you're more than a conqueror. you got to realize this. The Bible says you are blessed and highly favored in your life. I dare you this week to wake up every morning and say, I'm blessed and highly favored. I mean, just start your day with it. You roll out of bed, say, I am blessed and highly favored, and just try it. Things start going bad, no, no, I am blessed and highly favored. And see, some of y'all are thinking, well, pastor, that's just, that's pushing it for me. See, the problem is you've never reached your potential because you've never been pushed to the point to cross over a precipice that will get you to where you're called to be. Me and my wife were having a conversation just yesterday, and people look at us a lot of times and say, wow, they're just so blessed, and y'all just make things look easy. I'm glad it looks easy. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad it looks easy, but behind the scenes, it's a lifestyle of discipline. I mean, it's a lifestyle of when things begin to break down, we don't automatically go get a loan at a bank. We figure out how we're gonna save, how we're gonna budget, how we're gonna get ready for the next uh, thing that begins to take place so we can continue to walk in the blessing of God. And I even love it, the fact that working out-wise, people are like, wow, Joel, you stay in such good shape. It doesn't come easy. (laughs) And I say that for a reason. Everybody thinks that when they get saved, it's gonna come easy. No, you're not gonna get in shape by staying on the couch wishing you were at the gym. And you're not gonna get in shape going to the gym and texting more than you're lifting. (laughs) But see, the body in Christ, by and large, we've gotten to the point where we want everything free and we want everything just to come to us when that's not how God said it would be. God said you need to get in his word and study. God said you need to begin to apply his principles. God said you need to start saying no to the temptations of this life so you can start living in a kingdom example over in this part of your life. See, God said when you get born again, if you love me, you'll obey me, and that means to follow him, and that means even when it's not easy, even when it's not fun, even when it costs you something, and when it costs you something, that's when it's gonna sink in that God's developing you and changing you because you're willing to pay the price for the cost. Have you ever seen people who just love to fix up their cars? Love it, I mean, I love it, but I don't have the money because I got two kids right now. 
So we're saving and we budget for every little thing I get to buy for my Jeep. But here's the thing. People who love to fix up their cars, they're not afraid to pay the price to buy the parts that they need to make their car what they want it to be. People who love to fix up their cars are not afraid to pay the price for the parts that they need so they can fix up their car to make it what they want it to be. Believers who want to truly find the make and model for God in their life are not gonna be afraid to pay the price for the parts that they need so they can become the believer God has called them to be. When you learn and when you earn something by sacrifice and by developing, it means something. How many of y'all had to work and buy your first car? That's still probably one of your favorite cars to this day. You may have had five or six in between, but you remember your first because a lot of you had to pay for it out of your own pocket. When you begin to pay for things out of your own spiritual pocket, God will make you into the car he's calling you to be. When you'll put the price in, I like the, what mechanics say, when you put the wrench time in, when you spiritually put the wrench time in in the word of God, God will make you something. He'll develop your make and model. And see, the thing about it is, God doesn't just throw away old models. He makes all things new, the Bible says. So you can be sitting here this morning saying, Pastor, I'm 70 years old. I've missed it. I have missed it. I was called to be this, and I knew I was called to be this, but I didn't do it, and I've missed it. And so instead of being this over here, I've been rusting on the sidelines over here. God doesn't throw stuff away because God didn't make junk in the first place. And if God doesn't make junk in the first place, he can finish what he started because he's God. And so God's not throwing you away. He's gonna bring you through a new process that the Bible says when you get born again in Christ, he makes all things new. He doesn't get rid of you. He refurbishes you to like new, which means redeemed to a brand new you. In fact, even better than you could have been because the mercies of God are new every morning. So God's gonna make you into who you're called to be right now in the year 2013, not who you could have been back in 1983. You may have missed it as a mom. You may have missed it as a dad. You may have missed it as an aunt or an uncle. You may have missed it in several areas of your life. Do not let your misses dictate who you are today in this lifetime.